Welcome to the Hope Talks podcast with Grayson Willis and Pastor Margaret Michael, where you'll hear inspiring stories that are filled with hope and good news in Jesus Christ. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and TuneIn. You can also listen to episodes on our church YouTube channel. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, welcome to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. I am Pastor Margaret Michael. And I'm Grayson Willis. Thanks for tuning in today. And today we're joined by Ariel Beasley. Ariel, how are you doing today? Pretty good. You have a smile. I <laughs> wish people could see that smile. It's contagious. Um, we always start out the broadcast talking about something that everybody usually really likes or don't like. They usually have a favorite or not a favorite, something they really don't like. It's ice cream. So what is your favorite ice cream? Um, my favorite is pistachio. Ah. Or butter pecan. Those are both so good. So you like something that has nuts in it? Yes. That's really cool. But I don't like artificial banana anything. <laughs> so I absolutely agree. A good banana pudding milkshake is good, but not if it has the fake yes. flavor. <laughs> I totally agree with that. I can tell you where you can get a really good one, that they use real bananas. Ooh. Mm. Cookout milkshakes. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. So where is your favorite place to get pistachio ice cream? Um, I don't really have a favorite place. I like Ben and Jerry's. Mm. Yeah. So. That's good. Yeah. Well, I have a feeling somebody will go look for some Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Just mm. because you said that. <laughs> uh, I may even myself because I love pistachios. Well, Ariel, we had you on three or four years ago to share your testimony, We'll um, obviously get into what uh, the Lord's doing right now in your life, but just give us a little bit of a background and overview of a little bit about where you're from and how you grew up. Um, I'm from Rockingham County. I was born and raised here, and my mom was a single mother. When I was about 11, my house burned down, and that was our family home. So that led to generational homelessness. But I started coming to church here, and... um, I knew God had a plan for my life, but it didn't start coming to fruition until then. So, yeah, I remember seeing you when you first started um, attending, and you had gotten involved with a life group. A life group had become really important to you and you to them. And on this particular day, I believe they were going to throw you a baby shower. Yeah. You were getting ready to have a baby. So... You came to faith, I'm guessing, in that period of time. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got engaged with this life group and what that did for your life? Okay, so Sarah Woodward is, my mom is her mom's friend, and she works here at the church in Kids Harbor, and she gave me a place to stay when I was seven or eight months pregnant because... I was ended up homeless. Um, my boyfriend had kicked me out. And so I started coming to church with her, just being thankful to have a place to live, honestly. And when I got started doing life group and coming to church with her, within the first month of coming to church here, they had a baby shower for me. And they gave me everything that I needed for Remy until he was one year old. So that was huge for me because it gave me enough time to get a job and a car and just to have the opportunity to get on my feet. Yeah. 
So I remember one of my first memories of you that stands out really bold in my mind is you about nine months pregnant getting baptized. Yeah. You remember that day, don't I you? I do. <laughs> what was that like? Just You were a new believer, and you were going public for Jesus. Like coming from being homeless, getting kicked out, and now you're in this church setting with this group of people that care for you, maybe like nobody's ever cared for you before. And now you're being baptized. Like, was that kind of surreal? Like, what was that? It was definitely surreal. It, to me, was it was like surrender because mm. the way I'd been living life wasn't working, and I wanted my little boy to have a good life. And so this, to me, was dedicating myself and Remy. Wow. Yeah. To the Lord. That's mm-hmm. powerful. So you you just became really important to us as a staff. I, I know that you ended up coming on staff and becoming a part of our facilities team. And you have grown just in amazing ways over your years of being here. How long have you been on staff? In November, it will be five years. <laughs> wow. So give us a little bit of background from the time that, you know, you become a part of this church up till now, and we'll get into here in just a few minutes about what God's doing now in your life and just another, um, I feel like there was, when you came here, there was a door of hope that was opened for you. Yes, that's right. I realized once I started coming to church here that there was the possibility of community and a support system here, something that I had never really had that I honestly did not know I was missing. Mm. And thanks to all the people who came around me and supported me and Remy, that really lifted us up and helped us be able to get our own place eventually. First, we stayed at Sarah's and we rented a room off someone and I had two jobs and um, it was hard at first, but I just kept trying to push through it with the support of everyone here, which was not something I ever thought I would have from my earthly circumstances Mm. and I got involved in a program called Bridge of Hope which is for single mothers to become financially stable. They helped me get into my own apartment and I have since then moved into another apartment and the apartment I live in now is really expensive. I had roommates to begin with but at the beginning of this year my brother moved out and I asked Pastor Margaret for a referral to a nonprofit to help because my rent was expensive, and she recommended me to Habitat for Humanity. So I started this process of this application, and I got approved for a house. Yeah, and I remember, like I said, you know, there is this great program that will help you get your own home. Um, I don't know if, like, I'm not sure if my referral did anything. I've recommended that you do that, but I think that it was you that made that happen. They saw you, and they saw what you had to offer and how hard you've worked, and it didn't take them long to get you through that process, right? No, not at all. They said normally in the beginning, the application process takes a year, Um, and mine, I think it was March, maybe. It may have been later than that, but I have now been approved for it and also know where my house is going to be and they've actually started excavating the lot for the house 
So tell us a little bit about, for someone that's listening and maybe don't know a lot about Habitat, we have had them on the podcast before, but what? tell us a little bit about Habitat for Humanity and how that works for someone. Like, what's the process and how they get you a house? What does that look like financially? But tell us a little bit about kind of what you learned about Habitat and how that could help you. So the first thing is that they open applications periodically. They're not always open. So you have to go to the website and find out when they're open. And then you have to put in a short version of an application. They will then contact you back if you meet certain qualifications. And they'll give you the longer version of the application. And you will meet with a family selection committee when you turn in the long portion of the application. That committee then selects the families that they will choose to move forward um, based on certain criteria. And then if they pick you, they will come do a house visit. Well, they don't pick you first. They'll come do a house visit before they select you, and they'll see who has the greatest need based on their current living circumstances. And from there, they will um, choose the families that get to go through the program. And a lot of it is volunteer. All They have multiple committees and a lot of it is volunteer. And it's awesome how people come together just to build these houses. Most of the labor for the houses is also volunteer and a great opportunity to learn new skills. Yeah, It's just an amazing resource in our community. And I just always think that it's really good for people listening to understand maybe they may know someone that would fit the qualifications that could really be helped by this. And I think, well, we know Habitat is getting ready to build quite a few homes in the future. Like there's some new programs that they're looking at. So now that you're in, we had your groundbreaking. At that groundbreaking, I was really um, impressed that those folks that were in your life group were there. Like they've stayed in your life. Um, that's pretty powerful. Um, it says a lot about uh, the person that you are. And um, I just am so grateful that you're going to have your own home. You're going to have a, a house payment. It won't be near as expensive. Right. You still have responsibility. Um, but it should really help alleviate some of the high costs of renting an apartment, right? Definitely. So right now my rent is 950 and I tried looking for a cheaper apartment. And it is cheaper to stay in my expensive apartment than it is to move to a cheaper apartment. Mm. <laughs> so when I move into my house, my rent payment's going to be around six seventy five, seven hundred, including estimated tax payments, mm. which is huge. That's a huge relief for me. And then they are also going to be putting solar panels on the roof, and that will take like. off my electric bill every month, and I'll be living in a brand new home. It's huge. This has been the best year of my life. (laughs) Also with Habitat, um, you talked about a lot of its volunteer, the labor, the different things, and also those that are getting a house participate in volunteering with Habitat, if you want to share a little bit about that. Yeah, so I went to the Habitat office to sign a paper 
saying that I understood that they had accepted me into the program. And while I was there, I talked to David, who is the director, and he said, you have to do 200 hours of sweat equity, which means labor into your home. And one of the things we need is someone to clean our office. Would you like to start today? So I started cleaning their office that day, and every week on Fridays I go there. And when they start building my house, I look forward to being able to help build that as well. That's cool. To be able to help with uh, build your house, to be, be a part of that, that's exciting. And I've seen you in someone else's house helping build their house. And that's the thing I love, that you're not waiting just to put the time into your house, but you have been... You helped this summer during Best Week Ever at someone else's home that's being built. Um, you're willing to invest in even in the offices. So that's that's just really cool. Looking on as you go through this process, like you're not waiting just to invest in your own place, but you're willing to invest. So thank you. I know they appreciate that. Um, what has been, this has been a, a great year. Um, you just said that. Tell us what that has looked like for you. Maybe some of the surprises of the highs and maybe even the lows of what does it look like? So in my family, we have had homelessness. We've also had addiction. I have been an addict before, and since coming to the church and getting on the staff and then coming to celebrate recovery, I have been in recovery from my addiction, which is, I think, part of God's plan for my life. So... This year, I've gotten more involved in Celebrate Recovery, and that is really uplifting. Also, mental illness runs in my family, and I have always struggled with depression, specifically major depressive disorder. And this past year, I have felt that I am successfully recovering from depression. And for the first time in my life, I felt whole and happy and healthy. Yeah, that's powerful. So you have some sobriety, right? right? Like you have some sobriety from addiction, and now on Monday nights, you're able to be there in a capacity for women coming out of, maybe they're here because they've been court-ordered to be here, right? You understand court orders? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, like it's, you understand the addiction side of it, and it is so cool for me to be able to look on Monday nights and, you know, we have, we've prayed for leaders that would come that could understand addiction because it's really hard for someone to walk into a group, and if no one in that group understands homelessness, addiction, mental health, all the things, if the leaders don't understand that, it's really hard to get someone to connect to a program where someone doesn't understand. And so God has saved you. Um, he's done a tremendous work in your life. And it just blesses us to see you come in and not only doing great, but you're helping other people. You're becoming that person that sits in the room with folks, women that have that you understand them. You understand, you have a great understanding of where they um, are at because you were there one time too. 
Yeah, there there are some situations people are in that seem hopeless. Their circumstances seem like they're not going anywhere and it doesn't look good and it's really depressing, honestly. And I've been in that spot and I just want anyone who's going through that to know that they have hope. Just trust in God and believe his word and do what it says and it will lead to a healthy, happy, and whole life. That doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but it's definitely possible. And I just want other people in those situations to know that. And that's what it's all about. It's being there for them and pointing them to Christ. It's, you know, you can lead a horse to water, they say, but you can't make them drink. Um, And that's what we do is we provide the opportunities and we provide sharing our story. We provide hope. You know, we point people to hope and Christ. And the landscape of your life looks very different than it did, right? When Absolutely. You, um, and now you, when people walk in, you can see that for other people. And sometimes we have to believe it for other people till they can believe it for themselves and continue to share, just like folks invested in you. Right. And so, yeah, I'm glad you shared that because it's not just... Yeah, you're getting a house, but God is doing a lot of other things in your life, too, that maybe people don't even know Amen. That, um, that they're doing. So uh, tell us a little bit about Remy. Remy just started pre-K this year um, at Keister Elementary. He loves his school. He loves his class. He loves riding the bus. And he's just so smart. It's amazing how smart he is. He has red hair. <laughs> yes, he does. And he's so adorable with his red hair, and it's been really inspiring to have a child that loves me and motivational. Like, it really has helped push me forward, mm-hmm. and I'm so thankful yeah. for him. Yeah, And we've talked about quite a few things about Habitat, about Celebrate Recovery, and different areas that you've served in. Um, one of the things that I didn't ask or we haven't asked yet is, so we mentioned that they broke ground on your house, but they haven't really started the construction of it yet. So what is there a, usually a time frame that typically from the time they break ground before the house is finished? Because it's mostly volunteer-based, there's not so much of a set timeline. They just get things done as people volunteer. And so a big thing for mine is that I think they're going to pour the foundation within the next month and they would like to get the roof on before the winter because that will make the house go up faster that way. So I think the weather definitely depends a lot, plus the volunteers who are helping with it. So if someone's listening today and they have time on their hands and they're handy, whether it's a man or woman, they, you know, there's always jobs, right? Right. The one thing I love about Habitat is they love to have skilled workers, but they also welcome non-skilled workers. And that's, I, I laugh often when I think about, that's where I learned to swing a hammer correctly um, <laughs> because I wasn't doing it right before. What if someone's listening today and they go, well, man, I've got some hours. Like I've got, like I'm retired or my business um, would love to help, whether it's framing, whether it's drywall or electric plumbing, uh, painting, anything that goes into a house, 
not only for your house, but for Habitat Humanity and other homes? Like, how, what should they do? How could they get in touch with the right people? I would just call your local Habitat office and tell them you have some skills available um, and ask them if they could use you in any way, and they'll find something for you to do. Yeah. And churches, it's a great thing for churches to get involved in, um, to partner. I know that Habitat's always looking for church partners. And even, you know, a church to step up and say, hey, I would love to partner in helping with this build and then encouraging their folk to engage in that build. Right. Habitat also does faith builds, and that is where they get church communities to come together, and those church groups will help build the house. That's actually what mine is. Mine is a faith build. And so that's just awesome to see how everyone comes together. And it's the church coming outside the walls of the church. Um, There's or four churches that are involved in your church build. So I'm excited about thinking about being there with other churches whom I have friends in that, you know, that we'll be able to um, partner in that together. And I remember 11 years ago, our church took part in a a build um, of a home, and that's kind of where I learned more about Habitat for Humanity and all of what they're about, and it's a great organization. And they also, we talked about People could donate time. You can also, if you have a business and want to donate supplies or, you know, materials. Or money. Or money, (laughs) yeah. Habitat also has what's called a critical home repair where someone may need a repair of a home. If you're looking for odd jobs to do, small projects, that is a great way to get connected um, with Habitat as well. It's not as big maybe of a commitment is building a house but there is critical home repair for people that have needs within our community maybe they're um, disabled maybe um, it's a single mom but for some reason they cannot do that critical repair that needs to be done whether it's building a deck whether it's doing some plumbing repair whatever so that's also an, an amazing place just to pitch in and be a part of the needs that we have in our community Sometimes we want to do things as a church when we would like best week ever. And I didn't learn about this till almost the week of best week ever this year, the critical home repair piece. And now we know that we can go straight to Habitat if we're looking for some small projects and odd jobs. And they will have a list that we can engage. So just another way that Habitat is helping our community that maybe folks didn't know about. Yeah, they are working on multiple projects all the time. I thought to begin with that one house would be a lot, and they would probably just do that, but that's my limited experience talking because I've realized that they have many different projects going on. They're about to start a subdivision. They have a piece of land somewhere that they can put multiple houses on. They're working on... Another house probably finishing at this point. And also, we just laid sod at one of the duplexes that is finished now. And, of course, they're going to be pouring concrete mm-hmm. on the lot where I will live. Yeah. And I will just have to say that Brad, who is over those construction projects, he's great to work with. 
you'll show up and you'll be encouraged. Um, it'll be a good time. Like he, he really is just great to work with. So he makes it fun. And you mentioned duplex, and if I'm not mistaken, yours is a duplex. So when they broke ground, it wasn't just you and Remy that was getting a house, but another family is getting a house also. Right. I think they have three children who will live with that family, and it's really a great idea because that's one less wall they will have to build, putting those houses together. And it's pretty big, too. Still spacious, and we're even going to have a shed out back. Ariel, uh, what else would you like to share today, Um, maybe that we haven't asked you already or that you haven't shared already, either about Habitat or about serving and Celebrate Recovery or any other area, anything you'd like to share with us? Something that's been on my mind recently has been mental health. And I know that's something that stops people from coming to groups like Celebrate Recovery Um, Mental health is often the root of addiction, and it's really a hopeless place to be in some mental health problems, but you have hope. There is hope for you, and you can recover from that with a combination of the right doctors and growing your support group, but you just have to take that first step to come out and to start building some community and some resources but you can do it and it is getting that community but often it's admitting that you have that you know that you're struggling and being willing to take the medication um, and having community is just key pieces of finding community and being able long term to have success Because I think one thing with mental health sometimes is we start feeling really good, right? Um, When our medicine's working, and then we, well, I'm feeling good, so I don't need it anymore. And sometimes it takes a while to get to a point where we are comfortable with um, God can heal us, and we may not ever need to have that, but we may need it the rest of our life, right? And that's okay. Yeah, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. We all have weak planks and places that our bodies aren't perfect, and Our mind is an organ, um, just like our heart. And sometimes we have to take medication. That's not always um, popular, and it's been looked down on some in the past. But I think we're we're realizing now that we have to do what we have to do to be able to engage in community. Uh, We have to, like I can say, like I do take medication on a daily basis for weak plank that I have, right? Sometimes if I don't take my medication, people will say, hey, have you had your medication today? Um, because I'm different um, without it. And, you know, that that's hard for me. Uh, but I've come to that. Like, God could heal me tomorrow, and that would be fine. But I'm going to continue um, to take it until he does <laughs> or until I go to glory, right? Um, but knowing that we have to do those things. There are some things that we're going to have to do we may not want to. The important thing is to balance. It's to see what is going to benefit you more. Like for me, I have a child. So I know that in order to prevent him from having depression and some of the problems that I have, that I have to be happy around him. And I have to take my medications. And I've had, at the very least, 20 years of 
habits formed that were formed around my depression. So in order for me to be able to move forward in life and be happy and give him the chance to try to avoid the depression, I have to build happy habits, which might take many years for me to be able to do that. And hopefully one day I won't have to take medications. But the benefit of me taking medications will affect generations. That's right. That's good. Yeah, and recently we had a two-part, um, two different weeks where we had a panel about mental health and that topic. And if you missed those a few weeks back on the radio, you can find those on our website, cotnaz.org. Um, click Watch, Listen, and click Hope Talks. And the program's played on October 9th and October 16th. Ariel, uh, thank you for joining us today on today's broadcast of Hope Talks and sharing with us. It's been great to have you. Thank you for having me. And uh, just in closing, I'm going to say a prayer for you and a prayer for Remy and um, just uh, for what God has for your future. Lord, I just uh, thank you today uh, for Ariel and her testimony, Lord, and really your testimony through her and We pray for Remy also, Lord, and uh, just for your will in his life. And we pray uh, for uh, their house that's being built uh, through Habitat, Lord. And thank you for providing this opportunity for Ariel and Remy, Lord. And uh, just uh, pray for her and for Remy and their future, Lord. And thank you for um, just her um, spirit and her love for you and just uh, being able to help others through Celebrate Recovery, Lord, and serving faithfully on our facilities staff, Lord. And uh, I just pray a blessing over her life, and I ask all this in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. We pray that as you've heard Ariel Beasley share today, that it truly has been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Hope Talks is sponsored by Church of the Nazarene Harrisonburg in partnership with Sunshine Ministries. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Hope Talks. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe for all the updates and latest episodes. Also, if you're in the Harrisonburg or Rockingham County area, we invite you to listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX.